Well, good morning, church. So glad that we can gather today. Let me say happy Father's Day to all of you today as well who are celebrating like I am. It's uh, man, it's a great day, and I'm glad we can come together and be uh, be together to worship today. If it's your first time with us, let me just say uh, we are so glad you're here. Uh, we are not perfect people, but together we are just trying to live different because of Jesus. And uh, we believe that um, because of what he's done in our lives, uh, that that should flow out of our lives. That we should be, not, not only should our lives be different for Jesus, but we should be different makers for Jesus. And we gather here today just to, just to try to express that and to live that out. To gather here to worship uh, Jesus and then to go from here to live different in the world around us because of Jesus. So we're glad that we can gather here to do that. Uh, we are in the middle of a series. Uh, and if you haven't been here every week, that's totally fine. Our summer series are planned in such a way that they're kind of one-hit wonders on their own. But, but they do kind of carry over. If you've missed one, I would invite you to go back to the website or to the podcast and listen online or however you like. Uh, but we are in the middle of a series on prayer uh, from the Psalms called Just Ask. And it's this idea of uh, what do we do with, with life's most difficult questions? What do we do with those questions that don't have easy answers? And the invitation of this series isn't to give you a trite answer is to, is to ask you to take those questions into the presence of God because we believe it's in the presence of God where you will find the hope and the help and the healing uh, that you need in your time of need. Uh, before we dive into today's question, uh, it's a simple question, how long, oh Lord, maybe one you've prayed before, uh, I want to take a moment, just a, a quick time out, a pause, uh, because we are celebrating lots of things today. Uh, one of those things is that today, uh, George and Dixie Hurd, uh, two longtime members, in fact, I think they were here when the church started, uh, they're celebrating 60 years of marriage. So, George and Dixie, would you stand up where you are? Yeah. <laughs> 60 years. That's longer than most of us have been alive, and today they've been married. And, George, I promise that I didn't plan the how long, oh, Lord, question when when Dixie told me it was your anniversary. Um, but uh, no, it's an amazing thing. And I just want to say publicly, thank you. Uh, thank you for your love for each other. Uh, thank you for your love for me, my family. Uh, thank you for your love for this church. Um, you know, your love is such a testimony to all of us, all of us who know you especially, um, of the love of God in you. And we all know, because we all, we live in a world where we see it every day, uh, where people bail out on relationships, people bail out on marriages, people bail out on church. Um, but you guys have an enduring kind of love. We sang about it this morning, that love that never fails, never gives up. And your life is a testimony to that, to this point in time. And I'm grateful for you and grateful for that. So thank you. Thank you for your marriage. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your love. Today, um, yeah, praise God. Today we do want to talk about um, another one of those difficult questions. Uh, but before we do, I thought... As I was preparing again this week, I thought, you know, we've talked about some hard questions. Questions like, you know, where are you, God? Questions like, you know, if you, O Lord, kept a record of sin, who could stand? Questions like, whom shall I fear in a world where we have a lot to be afraid of? Uh, and, and today we're going to dive into another one of those really difficult questions. But before we do, I, I thought it might be good to kind of come up for air for a moment. <laughs> to breathe. And, and while we've been wrestling with some really difficult questions and questions that we need to wrestle with, questions that I believe are incredibly important, I thought it might be good just to, just to for a moment, and I'm going to do this quickly, uh, just to do something helpful. Um, and, and I don't want to come across as the expert on prayer or as if I have it figured out, but I thought it would be nice for a moment to, to say, hey, 
if you're looking throughout the series or just in this moment in time in your life to go deeper with God in prayer, to experience God in different ways, to get to know God better, to pray uh, and experience uh, prayer life maybe, maybe more than you are right now. If you're like me, your prayer life is a mess. And so, you know, all of us are looking for ways to pray and to, to grow, grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. I thought I'd just real quickly say, hey, here's 12 ideas, 12 tips uh, for a deeper prayer life. And these are meant to be helpful. These are meant to be practical. These are meant to be quick. If you can't write all these down, don't worry. I'll push them out on social media later. But I thought it might be helpful to, to just take a quick moment and say, hey, let me give you some ideas. Because some of you are asking, man, I really want to grow in my prayer life. How? Right? Like, what, what do I do? Here's 12 quick ideas. And don't be, the, the goal here is not to do all of these today. The goal is, hey, find one, find two, and maybe try these in your own prayer life. So let me just go through these real quickly. The first is I would say, hey, get a routine. Pray the same, at the same time every day. Early, late, midday, doesn't matter. But I found in my own personal prayer life, if you can set aside the same time every day to pray, it will greatly improve uh, your, your prayer life. Second, get a distraction-free zone. Find a place uh, where things don't be buzz, beep, ding, or say daddy or mommy in your case. Uh, if you can get a distraction-free zone, you will have a chance to really go deeper in prayer. If you don't know what to say or how to pray, we've talked about this, but let me encourage you, pray the Psalms. There was a season in my life where, honestly, I didn't have any words. Like, I, I, I put time aside to pray, but I, I, I was just empty. And so for a couple of years, honestly, every day I just, I just wrote down, I journaled the Psalms. Write them down, one a day, 150 days in a row if you need to. Keep going. There's, there's a lot of them there. And pray the words of David. Pray the words of the psalmist. Let those words be your words and let that give fresh life and fresh breath to your prayers. Four, spend time listening, not just talking. Have you ever been uh, out to coffee or lunch with someone and all they did was talk the whole time and all they did was talk about themselves? That's pretty annoying. Don't do that with God. (laughs) Spend time talking, yeah. But also spend time listening. There's value in silence. There's value in being quiet and being still before the Lord. Uh, not just that, but six, have, um, have a prayer partner, an accountability, someone to pray with, someone that you can pray for, and also let them pray for you. This is another way you can get out of these I, me, my kind of prayer you know, monologues that we get into is let someone pray for you and you pray for someone else and see how that deepens your prayer experience. Number seven, experiment in prayer. Now, let me encourage you, if you haven't done this in a while, if you're praying the same way every day, uh, it's okay to experiment. Experiment in prayer. You can experiment in lots of ways. There's different prayer postures. You can journal. Uh, there's private worship. There's breath prayers. There's the Jesus prayer. You can pray the Lord's prayer. You can pray the hours. You can do a prayer walk. There's lots of ways to pray. If you don't know what one of those is, just ask uh, Siri or Google, or you can come find me later. Uh, but you can ask. You can find different ways to, to pray. Experiment in prayer. Experience God in different ways when you pray. Number eight, not just that, but pray specifically. I love James. The brother of Jesus said, you do not have because you do not ask. I would encourage you, when you pray, don't just say generic prayers. Pray specifically for what you're wanting to see God do in your life, in the world, in this church, in in, in the lives of other people. Pray specifically for the things that that you're asking God for. And then wait and see, see what he does with that. See what he does with that. And then here's the next one. When he does something, write it down. Write down all the ways that you see God working. Because we've talked about this before, right? That prayer over time equals faith. So if you pray 
and you're asking God for things, when you see him do that, write that down, because that's going to give you confidence to pray again. And that prayer over time is going to equal greater faith. If, you're, if you don't consider yourself, not out of humility, but just being real, if you don't consider yourself a person of great faith, it may be because you're not a person of great prayer. So you're not a person who's asking and praying to God for things, so he never gets the chance to act in your life, so your faith never grows, Right? So if you want to be a person of faith, spend time in prayer asking God for things. Watch and see what he does because he's going to do something. And when he does it, write it down and watch your faith grow. This is, how, this is how it works. This is how God works in our lives. And then it goes with this one. Practice waiting on God. Practice waiting on God. Ask God for something and then resist the urge to fix it yourself. Because this is what we do, right? We pray to God to do something and then we make, you know, three phone calls and five emails and we fix it ourselves. Don't do that. Resist the urge. Just, just do this. Pray to God for something and just wait. Don't do anything. Put it in his hands and then see what he does. I love this. Pray and start every prayer with a statement of faith. You, you hear me when I pray a lot. I'll say something like, you know, God, you are good and your love endures forever. It's a simple statement of faith. It's a reminder of who God is, the character of God, the nature of God. Or maybe when you pray, you could pray, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Most High God. You, you begin with a statement of faith. It's a fresh way to begin every prayer and to remember who God is and all he's done. And number two, and this is kind of where, or 12, this is where we are. Ask hard questions. And the reason I suggest this, and the reason this series kind of revolves around this, is because when we pray to God with hard questions, we're not looking for quick answers, we're not looking for easy fixes, but we pray and we ask God hard questions because we believe this is true. That time spent in prayer is time spent in the presence of God. And even when you don't think anything is happening, even when you're praying day after day after day, and it feels like nothing is changing, God is doing more in you than you know. Pray. Spend time in prayer. Cultivate Cultivate that prayer life now, especially if you're not in a season of hard times. Because when you cultivate that prayer life now, it will carry you through the days ahead when life does get hard. If you were training, if you decided to run a marathon, you wouldn't go do that tomorrow. You would spend time now, the next week, the next month, and the next year in preparation to run that race, right? Okay? But so many of us as Christians, as Jesus followers, what we do is, is we don't really put in the work. We don't really put in the practice of prayer. And then when the hard times come, when the hard times hit... We cry out to God, but we don't even know what to say because we haven't exercised. We haven't spent that time. Cultivate that life in prayer now, and when the hard times come, it will carry you through. It's, 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 the, way, it's the way it works. Because God is doing more in you, even when it feels like nothing is changing, than you could possibly know. Have you ever, um, have you ever had one of those how long, O oh Lord, moments? Maybe you're in that, that time or that season or that moment now where you're crying out to God like, how long, how long, oh Lord, is this going to last? I think it's maybe one of the most common prayers that people of God have prayed since the beginning of time. Um, some of you know this. I have a daughter, and uh, her name is, I have two daughters. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, her name is, uh, get sidetracked there. Uh, her name is Emma Love. She's six years old. This is the daughter I'm talking about today. Um, anyway. I'm, I'm full of stories about my kids. Uh, you, may, you may look at this and think uh, this is a fly swatter. Emma calls this a bug whacker. Don't you love that? 
You may need a bug whacker. Uh, you may see this and think this is a, a Butterfinger candy bar. Uh, my daughter, Emma, she calls this a finger butter, right? Um, I know we're going to get her checked for dyslexia, but uh, that's not the point today. The point is sometimes we say one thing, but we mean something else, right? And I believe this is so true of us, all of us, even those of us who don't know God, even those of us who aren't sure about God or sure about the church, there's times when all of us cry out to God and we, we say these words, how long, O oh Lord, but that's not what we mean. It's a question, but you and I know, both know it's not a question. We're saying how long, O oh Lord, but what we're really saying is long enough. Enough is enough. It's been long enough. We cry out to God in our desperation, and our frustration. We're looking to God for answers, for a fix, for, for a change, for something to happen. Because what's going on in the broken relationships, what's going on at work, what's going on at home, what's going on in the family, what's going on in the church, whatever's going on, it's weighing so heavy on us. And we feel up, like we're right up under the whole weight of all of it. And we cry out to God, how long, O oh Lord? But it's not a question. It's not a question. What we're really saying is, God, it has been long enough. And if you've ever prayed that prayer, then I want you to know, and I want you to hear me, you are not alone. In fact, this exact prayer is found in the prayer book of Jesus in the Psalms. It's likely a prayer Jesus prayed. It's a prayer that David wrote. And if you have your Bibles or your device, if you want to open that up or turn that on, you'll find this prayer In Psalm 13, DJ just did a great job reading these words to us. Here David writes these words. O Lord, and again, we've said this, but let me remind you, anytime you see the word Lord capitalized, all four letters in your Bible, it's a substitution for the actual name of God, Yahweh. Because of respect for the name of God, the rabbis, the, the scribes, they didn't want to speak it or even, even, even write it. And so they would write down Lord in, in English. They made it in all caps so we would know this is the name of God. So David here, he's going to do it three times. But for the first time, he prays out. He didn't pray just, oh, you know, like, Lord, my God. He doesn't pray out, you know, oh, God, my Savior. He doesn't cry out anything like that. He says, Yahweh, how long will you forget me? forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle in anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Like a lot of Psalms, like a lot of prayers that David prayed, we, we don't know why David's praying this prayer right now. We don't know what he's up against. We don't know what he's up under. We don't know who's coming against him or what's happening in this moment. But David's praying out, how long, O Lord? And what he's really saying, you and I know, is Yahweh, God, it has been long enough. It's been long enough. And you can tell here, David is frustrated. He's tired. He's weary. And it brings up a question that we ask a lot. It's a hard question. It doesn't have an easy answer. And David, a man who was known, literally known, as a man after God's own heart. It's a a question I would think he would even be asking. Like, God, today's Father's Day. Father, you are our Heavenly Father. 
If we believe you are who you say we are, and we do, if you are our good, good Father, and you are, why do we suffer? Why do we experience this kind of emotional pain? Where are you? And how long are you going to forget me? Like, when are you going to come and step into this equation and help? How? And not just that, because you and I, we might get it. We might understand if we had to go through, like, hard times or suffering for a day or for a week. Or, you know, those of us who are parents, we do this with our kids. Sometimes they suffer for a, for a short time, and we know that they're going through something hard. And we allow that because we know they're going to grow through that. But, but this is an even bigger question, right? Because it's not just why do we have to suffer, but why do we have to suffer for so long? Some of you right now, you're in the middle of it, and it's been a long time. You can't remember the last time it wasn't going on. Whatever it is, is going on. And you're crying out to God, how long, O Lord? And you're saying it's been long enough because it's not just been a day or a week or a month, not even a year. It's been years. David cries out, how long? Why do we have to suffer? And why do we have to suffer so long? David keeps praying. He says in verse 3, turn. Turn and answer me again. Yahweh, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. You know what? You know what David's saying here? I remember my dad saying this to me when I was a boy. Hey, look at me when I'm talking to you. I don't know if you've prayed that prayer to God. David has the boldness here. Yahweh, Turn and answer me because I'm talking to you. How long do you see what's going on in this moment? David, no doubt tired, frustrated, aggravated, exhausted, literally at the end of his rope. And before you think like I think sometimes that right here in this moment, David is somehow being irreverent towards God, I just want to remind you, David has a relationship with God. There are years of prayer that precede this moment of raw emotion and that David's relationship with God comes before his complaint to God. And if you are in relationship with God, then I want you to know that you have permission <laughs> to complain to God. Like this whole psalm, it's a, it's a complaint. It's God, listen, listen up. I want to let you know I'm not happy with how things are. And when you have a relationship with God, you're allowed to vent to God, right? And some of you push back and be like, oh, man, I don't know, it, you know, it, what you know it's God we can't talk that way to God we can't we can't approach God in that way if God wasn't big enough to handle your complaints what would that say about your God listen because of the incredible love of God because of the incredible love of your heavenly father you can I can like David cry out to God and say turn and answer me turn and answer me when I'm calling to you because I need you. Man, some of us today, some of you, 
You're in the middle of these how long, oh Lord, moments. You need the God of deliverance to come and deliver you. If you're like me, you're praying, if I ever needed you, I need you now. Come. All the Bible is filled with stories, and David knew this too, of God coming to the rescue, coming to deliverance. The God who provided a ram when Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. The God who delivered the Israelites as the Egyptians were pressing in in these part of the waters and they went through on dry land. The God of deliverance. God, turn, answer me. If I ever needed you, I need you now. I don't know if you know this, but these psalms, these prayers, when they were prayed by the people of God, they probably weren't prayed like you and I pray. They probably weren't prayed quietly with heads bowed. If you're anything like me, a lot of times when you pray, you pray like in your mind, not even out loud. But these prayers were undoubtedly spoken prayers, cried out, out loud to God. And so many of these prayers were prayed in community together. And so this morning, what I want us to do is, in a very small way, experience that. In just a moment, I want to just go through a list of things that if you're anything like me, you're crying out to God for and well, what I'd like for us to do as a church, as the body of Christ at Riverside, is just to cry out these four words together. How long, O Lord? So as you think about the fact that just this past week there was another needless shooting in our country. Let's pray this together. How long, O Lord? As you think about the fact that terrorist attacks around the world continue to take lives of innocent people. How long, O Lord? As you think about the fact that Christians, believers in Jesus, just like you and me in other parts of the world, are dying and being executed because of their faith in Jesus. How long, O Lord? As you think about the trouble, the trouble that you're dealing with when it comes to your family or maybe the family of someone you know right now. How long, O Lord? As you think about the problems in Maybe your marriage or in the marriages of your friends. How long, O Lord? As you think about the problems so many of us are going through with our kids. How long, O Lord? Maybe you're dealing with the reality of aging parents. How long, O Lord? Maybe you're dealing with trouble in your job and at your work right now. How long, O Lord? With the stress of financial problems, how long, O Lord? With the need to find a job, how long, O Lord? With the difficulty you're facing in providing for your family, how long, O Lord? With the feeling you get when you watch the news at night and you're overwhelmed with the negativity and the problems going on in this country and in the world around us, how long, O Lord? With the insecurity you feel, When you compare yourselves to others and you constantly feel like you're not good enough, smart enough, funny enough, wealthy enough, skinny enough, with the constant feeling that no matter what, you're just not enough. How long, O Lord? For those seasons in life when you feel forgotten by God, wondering if he has abandoned you when you need him most, how long, O Lord? For all those moments, I don't have any easy answers. I don't. But I want you to remember this. That the God who created you will not forget you when you cry out to him. The God who created you, your heavenly father, 
He will not forget you when you cry out to him. I once heard Dr. Charles Stanley say these words, and I wrote them down and put them in my wallet to remember them. I think it's so powerful, and this is something I want you to write down today too. It's real simple. He said, talk to God, trust him, and wait for him to work. Talk to God, trust him, and wait for him to work. I don't know what your how long, oh Lord, moment is today. But this is my encouragement to you. Talk to God. Tell him about it. Then trust him. And wait for him to work. And I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy because sometimes we pray. If you're anything like me, you've been a part of these how long, oh Lord, moments. And you've cried out to God. You've cried out to God in, in, at your home, in your small group. You've cried out to God in hotel rooms and hospital rooms. You've cried out to God in, in the middle of third world countries. You've cried out to God for people and for sickness and for problems and for marriages and for kids and for families. And you've cried out to God over and over again. You've asked him how long, oh Lord, and you're asking for his help. You're asking for his healing. And it seems like nothing happens. And this may be the most difficult question of all, right, church? What do we do with unanswered prayer? What do we do when we cry out, how long, oh Lord? That prayer goes on for days or weeks or years, and it seems like an answer never comes. I remember when I was pretty young in my youth ministry career, one of the girls in our youth group had a routine surgery. Just talking about with some friends who who were here, <laughs> we were at that church those years ago. And um, she went under anesthesia, went through surgery just fine, but she never woke up. We got the call pretty quickly that something wasn't right. We loaded up vans and cars and parents and kids and drove down to the hospital. We were in Huntsville. They were in Birmingham, Alabama. We filled the waiting rooms with people, and we all started praying. That day turned into two days, turned into three days, turned into a week. That week turned into two weeks to three weeks to more weeks to months to years. She never woke up. I don't know what David was praying about in Psalm 13, and I don't even know if it ever got answered. I know that David, like you and me, prayed these same kind of prayers. And sometimes... They went unanswered. I know David prayed for a child that was sick. And he prayed for help and for healing, and it didn't come. David, like you and me, prayed, how long, O Lord? And sometimes it seems like those answers just didn't come. What do we do with unanswered prayers? I think about the people of faith at the end of Hebrews where the Hebrew writer talked about this very thing, and he said these words. You may remember them from Hebrews 11. He said, There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, talking about believers in Jesus, even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They, were, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. You better believe they were crying out to God, how long, O Lord? And it seemed like the answer never came. 
They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet get this, their prayers went unanswered. None of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us together. What do we do with unanswered prayer? What do we do with the reality? Sometimes we pray, how long, O Lord? And the answer just doesn't come. I love what David did. At the end of his Psalm 13, verses 5 and 6, he penned these words. And I don't think his prayer had been answered yet. I'm not sure if it ever did get answered. But David ends his prayer not in frustration, not in anger, not in disbelief. He ends it in hope. And he says, I trust. But I trust in your unfailing love. And I will rejoice. And he says it as if it's already happened because you have rescued me. And I will sing to the Lord. I will sing to Yahweh because he has been good to me. And today, if you're in the middle of a how long, O Lord, moment, I just want to remind you, I don't have an easy answer for you, but I want to remind you that the God who created you will not forget you when you cry out to him. And your how long, O Lord, moment may last for a day or for a week or for a year or for a hundred years, I don't know. But we believe in a hope that transcends this life. If all our hope was in this life, we'd have problems. But our hope is in an eternal God who has given you and I eternal life. And that is where our hope and confidence stands. Church, if you would, let's stand together. Man, today, if you're in the middle of one of those how long, or Lord, moments... I want to encourage you, let us, let us pray with you. I think together we can make a little more noise, get God's attention. I'm going to ask our shepherds and their wives to kind of move around the room different places and spaces. And if you want to find some of them, they would love nothing more than to pray with you and to pray for you and to make some noise on behalf of you before God. To cry out to God with you, how long, O oh Lord, and pray in hope and faith and humility, but also trust. And if you don't know this God that we're talking about, I would love nothing more than to invite you to come to know him. To invite this God who is with us and who is for us, even in those moments when he feels far away. To invite you to enter into this relationship with him. You know, we believe when you step into these waters of baptism behind me that you come out a new creation, that God isn't just for you or with you, that God is in you and that you will never walk alone. And that's the hope that we have in Jesus. So today, if you would love prayers, man, find some of our shepherds and their wives and let us pray with you and for you. If you would love to come into a relationship with this Jesus we're talking about, we would love nothing more than help you with that as well. But this week, I want you to remember, and don't ever forget, that the God who created you will never forget you when you cry out to him. So cry out, cry out to God.